The first part that she represents is our girl self or an aspect of our girl self uh, that often can be lost, particularly in this world that demands us to be um, productive and to fit in so easy in that institutionalization to lose true and authentic, wild parts of ourselves that don't fit in so well. And, and, it, and it makes sense at some level for us to jettison um, really true, powerful gifts. Our vision, what I call our Lilith vision, what did we do with that loss? Because we know that we lost it at some point or we know we had to survive. What did we do to survive? How is life for Lilith inviting you to bust out of that? Welcome to the Wildflow Podcast with me, Charlotte Pronto, certified cycle and feminine embodiment coach and shamanic womb guide. In this podcast, I'll share my wisdom and conversations with powerful change makers, thought leaders and embodied teachers to invite you to live cyclically in flow with your menstrual cycle instead of fearing it, to heal menstrual shame and normalize womb wisdom and period positivity and to step into your sovereign magnetic power to create and embody the change you desire to see in your world. Settle in to unleash your wild flow. The cosmic cycles can teach us so much as we are so connected, so attuned to and imprinted by what's going on in the cosmos around us. And I really wanted to bring somebody who lives this work, who embodies this work, who helps people to understand the astrological and astronomical connections to our cyclical nature onto the podcast to share with us how we can do this. And I'm really excited to introduce you to Grace Funk. Grace is a ceremonialist, an astrologer and seer, as well as teacher with the School of Shamanic Womancraft. She's the creator of the Cyclical Wisdom Journal, a year-long self-reflection tool based on menstrual and seasonal and lunar cycles. Grace offers astrology and tarot readings, as well as hosts various circles and ceremonies. Grace is passionate about intentional living and deepening into radical self-trust. She lives with her husband and three children outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba in Canada. She's nourished by a big veggie garden and the great expanse of prairie sky above. Beautiful. I met Grace earlier this year as part of my four seasons journey with the School of Shamanic Womancraft when I sat down to do a Lilith reading with Grace. Since then, I have been reflecting on what she revealed to me through my birth chart through the transits and positions of planets and in the sky and have been really tuning into these cosmic energies and how this influences my cyclical nature. And I can't wait for you to tune in and hear about Grace's work as an astrologer, how she got into this, to hear her cycle check-in and how she relates to the cosmos at the moment about her cyclical wisdom journal, which she's actually gifting away for free. So I highly recommend that you listen in and find the show note link to go and get your copy. We also talked about honoring the seasonal cycles through ritual and ceremony in the Northern and Southern hemispheres at this point in time. We talked much more about the Lilith archetype, 
and how this aspect connects us to heal and reclaim our wild feminine and about and about how we can connect with our sacred wounds, our childhood wounds, the experiences that happen to us in our lifetime and how we can reframe them and reclaim them instead of being something that happens to us and traps us for our life, but instead how we can find the gold in that, how we can find our sole purpose in those, how we can heal, how can we find our medicine and give that back to the world around us. Such a beautiful conversation. I know you're going to really love listening to me talking with Grace and to hear what she has to share on the cosmic cycles. Welcome Grace Funk to Wild Flow. How are you today? I am good. Yeah, it's evening here in Canada. Uh, morning for you. Yeah, lovely to connect and talk again. Mm, it's really good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Mm-hmm. So as all things, um, as always, I just love to start with a cycle check-in. And so I'll go first, but then I'll invite you to share um, where you are in your menstrual cycle, if you have one, and how that feels for you today. And if not, then um, how you connect with the cycles um, in this moment, um, your own version of a cycle check-in, if you have one and how that feels. Um, and, um, you know, be interested as well, because that might be just more the menstrual cycle for you, given that, you know, your 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 passion, your work. Um, and um, so for me, I'm on day four of my menstrual cycle today. Um, I'm um, in my winter phase. I um, had COVID over the last, um, about just over a week ago. Um, and um, I'm feeling like I have just been resting really, intensively for that time obviously being sick but coming back out um the other side of that um I I feel fine in myself now but I've just got a croaky voice today I was just saying to Grace before we press record that my voice has been fine all morning but you know you press (laughs) you sit down to do a podcast and of course it just wavers um but I'm just feeling a kind of I'm feeling slow and steady and grounded and um quite at peace and this is my first um little foray back into work after a while um and so yeah just bringing that slowness with me and just knowing that that's where I'm at and that's how I feel and that is all as well so my body that's how I feel and I'm bleeding um but quite gently and effortlessly and my cycle wasn't my bleed hasn't been impacted by being sick which I'm surprised by I think um and and glad I guess in a way that it just feels that my body's just doing what it's doing um so yeah feeling um quite inward still but really happy to be in this doing this podcast episode with you today Grace mm-hmm. how about you yeah. how's your cycle check-in today oh well, yeah thank you for Thank you for your check-in. It's always inspiring to hear other people's experience of something we don't always talk about. Um, I am day seven, so I guess you could say I'm in the spring. Uh, and I'm experiencing that today as um, a fair fair bit of energy, fair bit of mojo. Uh, we move house in two weeks' time, and so it's not quite packing boxes time yet, but it is like dealing with all the shit, you know, the piles of 
things or uh, I was putting stuff up online to sell, you know, the bits and pieces that are just there and don't quite want to take them to the op shop yet. Um, Joyce takes, for me, a little bit of psychological energy. So, yeah, I could tell I was on the up. Um, the, my sexual drive just a bit more on the up. It's it's. Um, I was also born at uh, at the one day past the first quarter moon. So this is a very natural place for me, this point in the cycle where lots of things feel possible and the energy is there and I just have to remember, yeah, soon the energy won't be there for all these things, you know, so pace, pacing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and all of that in a bigger context um, where, yes, with my astrology hat on, I'm very conscious of Mars going retrograde. I don't, I don't, um, I, for whatever reason, try not, to pay too much attention to Mercury going retrograde. He seems to go retrograde all the time and whatever. Um, but but with Mars going retrograde, that's a bit more of a significant planet for me because I have Aries rising. So anyone with Aries or Scorpio ascendant, we could say Mars is the captain of your ship. So I've really been paying attention because last time Mars went retrograde, it was just so hard to get anything off the ground. Uh, just everything seemed to be taking so long. So this this time, two years later, I feel a bit more prepared, but I definitely feel but the combo of Mars going retrograde and also these two eclipses that we're in between this new moon and full moon where we're in this eclipse window definitely um, almost demanded by life to take a back step and to take to put aspects of my work on the back burner and take it almost a bit of a sabbatical for a few months actually. Uh, so you're catching me right at the beginning of that. So it's interesting to be heading kind of on the up menstrually and and in terms of the lunar cycle as well, but also really coming down. It's winter, coming down to winter here in Canada. We've got Samhain, Halloween just around the corner. Um, in the next few days or the next week, depending on which date you use. Uh, so, yeah, really feeling the descent and moving home, creating a new nest. No idea what that will be like, but again, deeply, deeply called inward. Yeah, so it's a it's a mixed bag today. Mm. That was, yeah, longer, a longer answer. The more I thought about it, the more I thought there's more going on than I thought. Love it so much. Thank you for sharing, and I'm really glad that you went there with the astrology aspect because I don't know any of that in my personal my you know my knowledge is not astrology, so. To hear you talking about, you know, Mercury not being the one that is having, you know, particularly significant um, to you. I'm like, oh, okay, because I, like you say, I hear so much about, oh, it's Mercury retrograde, but yeah, Mars and how that plays into your um, astrology and how those energies are opposing, like you said, menstrual cycle, moon cycle, but then the ast- astrological and the seasonal as well for you. So, you know, love that we've touched mm. on all of those. And like you said at the start, it's evening time for you as well. And another mm. closing and drawing. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me yes. in Australia, it's morning, it's 11 a.m. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of, it's like with the moon, like, I, like all of my energies were in spring too. It's like all of, all of my cycles are on that kind of more upward or outward gently mm-hmm. trajectory. So hmm, I love how that's going to frame, you know, our conversation perhaps as well with where we're both mm-hmm. at in different hemispheres. And um, 
Yeah, just, you know, would love to just ask you to something you mentioned in there that I think is fascinating. And, um, you know, I think people will be interested to hear about as well as you said, you know, Halloween um, and sowing and, um, you know, it's Beltane here in the Southern Hemisphere, those points in the year um, following those sabbats, those um, as the, the sun moves around the um, the earth and, and, you know, the seasonal um, milestones, but that were more of those ancient, um, you know, practiced um, points of the year um, for agriculture, for community, etc. And, you know, we've got Halloween, which is, you know, the 31st of October, um, and it was very celebrated in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's the seasonally appropriate time for that there but not here but yet we're still celebrating you know a lot of people are still celebrating mm-hmm. Halloween here um but you know you talked about depending on which dates you follow so you know I I receive your emails and I love your emails your newsletters that you send out which always have you know these astrologically um really um beautifully explained energies and in how we can work with those energies but you know, you, you also mentioned in the email that I got off you, I think it was this morning that, you know, um, these sabbats are not necessarily fixed as in one day, they're more of a moment or, you know, over a few days and those traditional dates versus the astrological dates can change as well. I would just love Mm -hmm. to ask you, you know, a bit more about, about that and how that works. So, you know, for you in, in the Northern hemisphere, um, you know, if somebody's, um, you know, knowing of Halloween, but, um, you know, what is it at, at this, this sowing point that, um, you know, is, is sort of happening, um, for us energetically? Mm. Yeah. Each of the sabbats or seasonal, seasonal moments have that traditional date, um, that we're, you know, mostly aware of 21st of December, for example, being the solstice. Um, but, but what we're talking about here is a relationship between the earth and the sun. Uh, so it's not astrological, it's astronomical, mm. uh, the the actual literal relationship. And that does change just a tiny bit, uh, can fluctuate by, I think it's about a week. Uh, so anyway, yes, the 31st of October is the Beltane uh, for the Southern Hemisphere or Samhain, Halloween for Northern Hemisphere. That's the traditional date. Uh, and this year it's actually the 7th of November is that exact um, lineup between the earth and the sun. Basically, when the when the movement of earth and sun is exactly halfway between where they were at the equinox and where they'll be at the solstice. And that's why these this Sabbath and four of the other three of the others are called cross quarters because they're occurring in between the solstice and the equinox. That may be a bit technical, but yes, there's always mm. um, two different dates to choose from. That's kind of nice because if you know if one date's not working for you, choose the other one, or you've got a whole week to work with this energy. And really, uh, it's not like the portal just opens and then slams shut again. We're all feeling this time in in the ways that we do through our bodies as as the ant- spiritual energetic antennae that they are. We're all yeah, feeling it. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for explaining that. I love that. That's really interesting. So astronomical, not astrological. 
got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You can think of astrology as more like the poem or the stories that we have projected onto the stars as humans. And astronomy is more like, yeah, the actual chunks of mass or matter and their relationship to each other is a is a real, real thing. Yeah. Mm. Fascinating. So how did you get into this, Grace? How did this become your your work, your you know what you put out into the world um and your your focus your passion but how did you discover this um for yourself mm. um i'm i'm not sure in some ways <laughs> the very origins of it i the the earliest origins that i can remember are being say about 5 years old at the library and i'd i watched my mum go off into the adult fiction section and then I could pull out the Dory the Witch book and it was safe to read Dory the Witch when she wasn't looking. So anything witchy was taboo and I grew up Christian, all this astrological stuff, the tarot, everything like that was taboo and not even really on my radar. So I continue to kind of feel very bemused that here I I am, uh, have ended up in a very esoteric place you could say kind of more esoteric than would be my preference which is perhaps why I keep trying to make the esoteric practical and kind of connected to our embodied experience feels important to me Um, but astrology kicked in at some point in my early 30s or maybe late 20s but then the the piece that really set me on this path was doing the four seasons journey just like you are um, and the 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 stuff that uh, our teacher Jane was talking about, the, the lunar cycle, the menstrual cycle, and particularly the overlays of all these cycles, the seasonal cycle, suddenly I was connecting it with the Mars cycle, every planetary cycle, like this shape, this waxing and waning. I was just seeing this shape everywhere. I was seeing it in myself, in my body. I was seeing it in the astrology stuff that I'd been, you know, slowly learning. Astrology is a very slow process, I find. For myself, it's just layer, layer upon layer. So it really was, yeah, something happened in that Four Seasons journey that brought together two things that have kind of seemed on paper kind of separate, say menstru- menstruation and astrology. But for me, they're, 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 to- they're the same thing. Or they're not the same thing, but they're deeply connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow that's, that's put me on this path. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. and I'm I'm continuing to be surprised, uh, but it makes for really fruitful, interesting conversations with people, and I think there is something so affirming, knowing that we actually are connected to the cosmos. It's like it's such a powerful remembering that we are nature. You know, Jane was saying that in her conversation with you, and, and the cosmos is nature too. The stars are nature. We are. We are in a real dance with the stars, even if we don't fully understand it. Um, I like to think of it as a poem, but that poem is real. Or that song is real. We're hearing it, we hear it in our different ways. Uh, and it's, I think it, that's powerful nourishment for this world that we live in, which is so literal and in a sense so ugly. It mm. seems like we just keep creating a lot of ugliness and I find that cosmic connection really beautiful and also synchronous or oracular, something bigger than me. All of that I find really affirming. Mm. 
That's beautiful. That feels really, really lovely. And um, I really agree with you. I, I'm fascinated. I'm, I think, you know, from, um, for, for many years, for a long time, for as long as I can remember, I've stood outside and stared at the sky, especially the night sky when it's, you know, when it's dark, when it's clear and you can just see and knowing that we are just that teeny, teeny, tiny little blip of you know speck of dust on one rock in the vast universe and mm. every single twinkle is another a star or a planet or you know other um cosmic entities that just goes on forever and forever and forever and it both makes me feel so peacefully insignificant and tiny that you know all this literal world this world that we've created this stress of getting through and achieving and you know having money to do what we need to do and blah 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 that you know culture of well you know what it means to be I guess um you know a human in a community in that kind of um capitalist way of you know you've got to contribute and get through and blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. It just takes it, um, it just makes me realize just how unimportant that actually is. And that's just human fabricated crap. Whereas actually we are just, you know, in a um, really kind of small and, 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 you know, what does it all mean? Does it mean all of that? Or does it mean, you know, that there's this whole, you know, like you say, nature, just this huge universe that's going on around us. And it makes me feel, I really like that it gives, it's always given me a sense of peace and calm when things have felt, you know, the day-to-day has felt a bit stressful. But then also just this real interconnectedness of all of all things and how we are just, you know, here in this moment, in this experience, um, the same as, you know, whatever could be happening on the other side of the universe as well. Like it just blows my mind. And um, I just feel like, mm-hmm. how can we not be, how, how can, how can we forget that there's this, this universe around us, which is infinite and be so mm. caught up in the mundane of every day. So it mm. kind of long before I realized, you know, anything that I was, the spiritual being with this connection to cycles and and really this connection to nature before I had language to really understand that I used to just marvel at the sky and, you know, say it to, you know, my husband or my friends or whatever, and, and just feel quite alone in that sense of wonder. And, you know, when you, when you were speaking just then, I, I just felt there was a mirror between what you were saying and how I've kind of always felt as well. And I think it's really, um, you know, of course, of course, we are influenced by what's going on around us in the sky and beyond. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think when we when we turn our face that way, whether in a say an astrology reading or looking at the sky, yeah, it can change our perspective and just open things up a bit. That's what I often find. I think another another thing I value is is that everything is in motion, and of course, the study of planets, whether in astronomy or astrology, is is a noticing of that movement and so that's affirming too for those times when we feel stuck we actually aren't we actually are transforming and that some of that 
cosmic movement somehow can mirror to us opportunities to, um, you know, take a break like I'm feeling right now or um, or to get going, you know. Mm. Uh, there can be a kind of flowing attunement in our own movement. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's a beautiful point. We are always in motion, but, um, you know, it's a gentle pacing as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I love that the lunar cycle is the one cycle all around the world we share. We all have our different menstrual cycles and the seasonal cycles, you know, it's divided by hemisphere, but the lunar cycle we follow together. Mm. We live that one together. It's, yeah. Same. Beautiful. Yeah. I always think, you know, in, a, in an online world as well, where we can be connected with people all over the place, like you say, it's the one thing that kind of binds us. We might be in different seasons or time of day etc yeah I love that too I think it's really um really beautifully connecting Mm. so you've created a um cycle wisdom journal and um you know you've said that's a year long um a journal a self-reflection tool and um it's something that you have you know created um for yourself and for others as well and that it includes, you know, the menstrual cycle as well as the seasonal cycle and the the lunar cycles. And I think that's really beautiful. And I'd love to just hear a bit about, you know, why you created that and what, what we can get out of um, tuning into those, you know, all of those aspects every day. Mm. Um, I, I guess I come by journaling, honestly, like I've journaled kind of almost since I realized that was a thing for many years um and this this journal is different because it gives me a view of one month on one page uh and I don't know about you but finding things in my copious you know longhand journaling just finding the patterns is much harder just because there's a volume of words or pages uh so the journal I actually do both I journal regularly and I in my regular journal and I journal in the cyclical wisdom journal that's the the main the heart of the journal is a a, basically a circle on a page divided into four quarters with the four moons the four main phases of the moon Uh, and then I just jot in there things that are happening big things small things things that triggered me all just in a shorthand because it's you know just one a4 letter size page Uh, just and so basically I'm looking there and going, okay, this month held all these things. Oh, I remember when that happened. And um, around the edge, if people want to, they can put their the days of their menstrual cycle. Uh, so straight away, again, there's an extra layer of information that, okay, the moon was there and my cycle, my menstrual cycle was the exact opposite of of what the moon was doing. So there's a that extra layer. And, yes, there's a seasonal um place to journal the seasonal stuff as well so I find the feedback I often get is that yeah it's powerful to see it all on one page I've noticed there's often um, connections between what's happening at opposite sides of the month so two weeks later there's often mm-hmm. a connection to something that was happening two weeks before like there'd be a connection we're, we're journeying with stuff at the full moon and then at the new moon it might be feeling a bit different for example um, but what I'm finding because this is now the ninth year that I've created it. I'm releasing it at the full moon very soon, the next few days. Um, 
now I can line up like this this particular lunar cycle in October. What was happening last year? What was happening the year before? What was happening the year before? And I can do that succinctly because it's all just on one page. Uh, and that that basically is actually why we're moving house because I I did that a few months ago and realized wow there's such strong house home nest energy in this month which is no surprise because astrologically that's connected to my home space um yeah and anyway it prompted us on this house hunting journey that's led to a move to five acres and just a different kind of grounded living but yes yeah, so that's a that's a that that's something i create every year and actually i wanted to say that this year i am gifting it uh out into the world which doesn't mean i'm hoping i am hoping that you know some kind of something comes back to support me in the work but it feels important to keep just i don't know feeling my way into stepping out of such a capitalist commodified reality it seems like that is the heart of where so many things are tied up and so much non-cyclical living happens so much denial of our cycles and what we're needing happens because of money and because of the job and like you were saying Mm -hmm. uh, so sending the journal out into the world in a different way yeah it's just I guess part of an experiment this year Mm -hmm. Um, but it is therefore very accessible and people are so welcome to download it have a look at it give it a go uh, and work out if it's if it's a value yeah mm. but yes it's basically the menstrual cycle lunar cycle and seasonal cycle a tool to increase your awareness about those and particularly how they what they mean for you it doesn't mm. matter what you say or what i say what does it mean for you know one person in their own in their body yeah mm. that's amazing well thank you for such a beautiful gift um, you know, I hope everyone goes and I'll put the link in the show notes so people can go and, and yeah, find awesome. find it and download it um, if you're yeah. happy to share that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really love what you said about it all being on a, you know, one piece of paper. That's something I've I've tried so many different journals and astrological journals and menstrual cycle journals and all the journals and just having mm-hmm. having it on one page, like you said, that month view um in a round format as well from what I can mm-hmm. you know I think that's right round yes is it right? yeah round yeah. format um that just that just feels really right for me you know to have be able to, to map those things on and to see those influences and you know love that you can track back over time and see mm-hmm. these repeating themes that keep coming up for mm-hmm. you and and to work with that I think it's um you know it, sometimes simple is is best isn't it we don't you know we can write and write and write like you say I do the same you know write and write but um you can't see the patterns in that mm. you know, that circle overview so it sounds amazing mm-hmm. and um yeah definitely will be checking that out myself yeah, um awesome. yeah um and I love that you're you know you're choosing to give that this year so that we can you know step into that cyclical living more and more and um you know I hope that lots of people go and go do go and try try your journal um mm-hmm. hmm, so thank, thank you. you yeah so you um you mentioned that we um you know you have been doing or you have done the four seasons journey with the school of shamanic womancraft 
yourself and that's how we met actually isn't it this year I'm doing mine and um one of the things that we are gifted um or comes as part of the um part of the experience at the start is an astrological reading with you and I was really curious when I read that I was going to be having a Lilith reading. I thought, ooh, what is this? <laughs> it sounds amazing. And the experience was really profound, actually. And I had mine, I think it was back in February, and we are now coming into November tomorrow, the last day of October today when we record this. And that no- the knowledge that I learned from you and the invitations to reflect um, and the the reading as a whole has really shaped me this year and revealed a lot to me and opened up portals for journeying deeply with the School of Shamanic Womancraft um, in their process that they have for the Four Seasons journey. But, you know, it's really, I feel like this is something that's going to be, you know, really powerful for for the long term to have that that awareness and I have been telling people about the Lilith reading and um you know recommending that um people seek you out for for this reading and to you know learn about this archetype as well so I would really love to just take the opportunity to to ask you if you're happy to share with us what is the Lilith archetype how does she show up in our astrology? What is this reading about, really? Um, you know, how does she invite us to, you know, heal and reclaim this this wild feminine aspect? I'd just love to hear you ask, you know, what it is, what what this Lilith reading is about so that people can hear about it. Is that okay? Mm. Um, okay, first off, my my sense of Lilith is ever evolving. Mm-hmm. It evolves with each conversation with someone because I'm, yeah, I have a sense of what that archetype of Lilith is for me. Um, but it's always amazing to hear how how it's been lived in someone else's story. Uh, yeah, so I just really want to honor that the dynamism, mm-hmm. but essentially. Um, to to speak maybe in more cliches, Lilith um, represents for me, and this would be um, a kind of quirky maybe naming of Lilith. The, the classic would be she's like a dark either demon or demoness. And if you if you go on Pinterest, say and you, you know look up Lilith, you'll see she has this dark energy. Uh, and in the Jewish scriptures, she's a She's a demon. She is the first wife of Adam. Uh, so there's, you could read a whole bunch there around the beginnings of the patriarchy and the the loss of what we whatever it was that we had before, whatever kind of relating uh, between men and women. Um, but for me, what's what's evolved in these many conversations with people talking about Lilith is that she represents. Um, I'm going to talk about her in three in three parts. For me, the first part that she represents is our girl self or an aspect of our girl self uh, that often can be lost, particularly in this um, world that demands us to be um, productive and to fit into the institutions that our girl selves are often put into, like school, for example, or even hospital or whatever, whatever institutions we've had to engage with. 
um, so easy in that institutionalization to lose true and authentic, wild parts of ourselves that don't fit in so well. And um, there's such a strong need in us to fit in, to, to feel socially safe. As we know, living through the pandemic, you know, these things were so highlighted. We need to feel safe with each other. Um, and that can be so fraught sometimes that um, it's easy and it, and it makes sense at some level for us to jettison um, really true, powerful gifts. Our vision, what I call our Lilith vision. So um, in readings, I'm often listening for that in people's stories, like what what have they come into the world? What vision are they holding? Um, what And sometimes we see that through what we feel deeply disillusioned about and what was taken away from us in childhood so Lilith for me represents our yeah really powerful part of our girl self um then the next place I look for her is in our teenage years like what did we do with that loss because we know that we lost it at some point or we know we had to survive what did we do to survive um so many different coping strategies and um even experiments fine if I've lost that well fuck it what else am I going to do like uh, so much experimentation can happen. And this is a place where so much shame also can build up in in those experiences of, yeah, trying to survive, trying to make sense of the world, given that we've lost some of what we would have made sense of the world with. Um, uh, so there's a lot of shame busting that we can do there and actually really valuing our teenage selves and what we what choices we made. Um, we were working with a deep, soulful logic in those moments, making whatever choices. And, of course, learning learning massive, massive lessons along the way, creating skill sets that we often use later in life. So, yeah, gathering the gifts. And then the third face of Lilith uh, is really um, the present moment. Where is life calling you to be? And maybe not just any old life, but the maybe the Lilith kind of life that is a bit more, bit wild, a bit less tame, doesn't maybe fit into the productive, commoditized, neat, pretty, whatever package that maybe we've been told to be. How is life or Lilith inviting you to bust out of that box? Um, and it's always present. It's like no one comes to me and we get to that point and go, yeah, no, I can't work out what's what's going on. And I love that I'm here on your podcast with you living your Lilith gift, which is helping everyone talk about some of this stuff that we haven't talked about because it's been shameful or, or shamed within us. Um, yeah. Mm. I don't know if that um, summarizes it clearly enough, but, yeah, that's a yeah. little bit of Lilith. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. And I, I really love that we're here too talking about this. And when we had our reading, you um, very much looked at my natal chart, didn't you? And you're looking at where where things were in which house and what placement and asking me, um, you know, to connect these these pieces of the these faces of Lilith and this story together. And mm-hmm. I ended up with this with this story in a way, which was like a healing story, a medicine story, a story of of this reclamation of these parts that were lost. 
and how I had, you know, experimented or survived in the middle and then reclaimed these parts and can express these gifts now. And that mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful, um, you know, a process, a real, a really um, healing experience instead of feeling the shame of, of you know, the losses or the the um the experiences that that you might have had but to take them back and to see you know these are part of your story these are part of your journey because without them you wouldn't be here right now and you wouldn't yeah, be in totally. this place at this time mm-hmm. with these opportunities to um to to you know take it back and gift gift it back as well to the to the world as as you know my my gift that we all have, we all have, you know, a gift. We all have a way of, of, of something to give that we can take from these, you know, these kind of woundings. And it was just such a such a powerful experience, Grace. I really thank you for that. Mm. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing. Yeah, I love that astrology can give us. Uh, it's like an invitation to dive into what actually happened. Like, um, obviously. I often say the the natal chart that the map of the moment of your birth is 2D it's just a for me it's a piece of paper uh and it gives me great pointers of like a direction of questions to ask you but then it's, it comes alive in talking mm. uh, talking and and the the archetype of Lilith comes alive or oh, Chiron is the other one I work with a lot they they really um yeah come alive and this work of re you could almost say re-enchanting the wound or mm. just looking at the wound in a totally different way is it feels so important at the moment. It's just feeling more and more important to the point where I'm uh, I, I can't I don't even have words for it, but I know that that word wound is coming to have a whole different meaning for me. Almost like instead of it being like a a crippling, it's almost like a crack within us where some really wild content can come out, like touching us directly into life and what wants to happen or pain or something that really opens us up. But, But think of it as a crack, a wild place within us, as opposed to something we just need to patch over and get the fuck on with. You know, mm. anyway, that's that's just all bubbling within me. Um, mm. It's part it's part of what I'm taking into this sabbatical. I need to compost some of that and probably ditch some of my conditioning around wounding, full stop, trauma, full stop. What what are these experiences? Uh, I think they're much richer than than we've been led to believe. Mm. Yeah, I really feel that not like things, you know, these there can be terrible things that happen and they can profoundly impact us and harm us and um and limit us in lots of ways. I think there's something really interesting in the story we attach to woundings, like you say, you know, is it something that we were a victim of or this happened, therefore that's who I am, and it defines you in a in a in a like a, a lifelong way. Or does it have an opportunity within it? Or you know, if, if you become something or learn something, 
that you wouldn't have if you hadn't have had that? And how can that be used for, you know, for for your own good and for the, the good of others as well? I think it's really mm-hmm. fascinating. And I think that's something that I've been really connecting with this year as well with the four seasons. And you mentioned Chiron there as being the archetype of the wounded healer. And, you know, this is, I think it's, it's, um, it's such an, a fascinating place of um of healing and transforming and growing and really kind of being initiated into a different version of yourself as well um into your medicine by reclaiming these like you say these these wounds and so I'm really fascinated you know to hear what's going to come through for you in this in this um sabbatical time because I really relate to what you what you said there. Does that feel mm. um, true for you? Mm. Definitely, the that it's in going back and reclaiming these places that we, for one, can know ourselves better, not be inflicting ourselves so much on other people. Um, but two, yeah, living the gifts and maybe even able to see the world differently. Yeah, but with eyes that haven't, yeah, eyes beyond however our eyes were conditioned. So just, Mm. yeah. Yeah, there's just so much bubbling on in me around we, how do I dream bigger? Obviously this, what we're in is coming to some kind of end. It's because it's not working and it's coming to a natural end. But how do we see what else is possible, what's coming, just how? and I, yeah, so I'm, I think the wound or the pain, the the illness, the lack of having it all together can perhaps give us eyes to see, well, what else is possible here? Yeah. Again, mm. without too much language mm. for it. But yeah. 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 And a really, like you say, a really important time for us to be doing this kind of inner reflections and dreaming and opening to possibilities as you know, the world changes so much and things that we didn't think were possible a couple of years ago are now quite normal for many people just in terms of, you know, post-pandemic living and into the future. I think that's really a really important thing for us to be starting to dream about collectively as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Grace. And not even having to think think our way through it but um, listening to our bodies letting our bodies lead Mm. the way it's somehow in just talking like this it reminded me that I wanted to say partly I am day seven of my cycle because I had a 23-day cycle prior to that which is very Mm. has historically been very unusual for me but actually this year and obviously I'm I'm 42 so perimenopause is is around it's hovering I don't think it's quite here yet but it's definitely coming closer um and this year I've had five five out of my 11 cycles that I've had so far five of them have been very like on that short end day either 23 and there was one that was even day 19 and what I noticed was each time that happened usually I'd be 28 29 roughly each time this shorter cycle happened I was in some kind of ceremony, whether it was hosting a powerful online ceremony 
for my community, whether it was um, I went to my first Sundance festival here, it's an Indigenous, deep Indigenous ceremony, started bleeding straight away. (laughs) Uh, A a women's festival here that could finally happen post-pandemic, the first time ever. Uh, So gathering with all those women in ceremony, bleeding um, and hosting Wilderness Solo when everyone came back, started bleeding. Oh, uh, wow. So I wanted to bring that here. I meant to mention it just at the beginning, but I wanted to bring that here, uh, this sense of our bodies in a dance with ceremony and us dreaming life into being in those ceremonies, uh, whether that has been, you know, come up in these conversations that you've been having. Uh, and it, for me, it connects to what we were just talking about in the sense that our our bodies can highlight what's important or be a guide or um, uh, be part of the conversation in really obvious kind of ways. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, I love that. That's incredible. How special. Five times. That is no coincidence. Mm-hmm. Your body dreaming life into being through your blood and through ceremony. That's mm-hmm. that's very special. And it's funny, actually, you say that because I have reflected so many times how I might schedule a ceremony. Um, I do menarch circles for girls, particularly this seems to happen. And I can schedule that date months in advance. And my cycle has been quite irregular um, over the last um, few uh, couple of years or so being postpartum and have been breastfeeding and it's become you know, it's settled down now, but for a good while there, I, um, I couldn't predict when my bleed would come. And so I would pick these, I would book these dates in for these ceremonies and lo and behold, I would always be bleeding on these, (laughs) on these, these ceremonies. And I just think this is just, you just, you know, it can't be coincidence because it happened every single time. And, you know, or doing, Mm. doing online things as well. And I think I would have used to have thought that was a real inconvenience, a real, oh, I'm not going to have as much energy or as much focus, or I'm not going to feel like I'm superwoman and all over it kind of thing from a logistical organizational point of view. But Mm -hmm. I actually find that being able to, you know, hold space or be in a space whilst bleeding is, is, is exquisite to be held, to be um, more of a sense of co-creation, less of a dominant teacher kind of energy as well, and much more of a kind of softer mm. Um, mm. guide, for example. Um, and just the level of ref- um, intuition or um, just trust that I can have more in what will come out of my mouth will be <laughs> what is meant to mm. be said rather than needing to feel like I'm, you know, fully organized mm. for example and I just wonder whether you have an experience of of that too of a difference in holding space or being in space um whilst bleeding and whether you feel that's you know it's a gift that is 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 happening there as part of you know how it's meant to be for yourself and for others that's my sense mm. yeah I love I love listening to you. I was bringing it as a question. I'm interested if any of your listeners, you know, have answers to. Um, I really uh, relate or resonate with that sense of um, being in a, just having a different body presence 
a bit softer and I almost imagine it's like my consciousness is settled just a bit lower in my body, closer mm. closer to my womb or some balance between head, heart and womb. Um, and yes, a bit quieter and somehow it's just very affirming, like affirming of what I'm doing. Like good, this is this is good work. I I now bleed like somehow it's a it's an affirmation. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. It's an affirmation. Yes, and it's all. It seems like such a um, me particularly in the spaces where I'm. If it's a menarch circle for girls to be able to say, I'm here and I'm bleeding and I'm. Mm you know not hiding that I can be quite open about mm. it and give that gift as well of um sharing that, that beautiful energy because yeah. like my energy right now as I'm bleeding here I feel like I'm more in that kind of softer I feel quite psychically open as well um yes. space and just letting this conversation flow through whereas other times yes. in my cycle I can be much more well I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that and less yeah. able to kind of just be with what is mm-hmm. um yeah mm, and I wonder like you say if anyone else has that experience too mm-hmm. yeah such a gift send you some comments or send you their story yeah yeah please do for listening <laughs> mm. so speaking of ceremony I would you know love to ask you before we close um whether you have a a personal practice or ritual perhaps for um for Samhain that we are um in this portal is opening whether you um will be doing anything over the next week perhaps to just honor that mm-hmm. um for yourself mm-hmm. yeah today I just uh set up an altar we have an altar kind of going the whole time but I just re refreshed it today and pulled out all um I a year or two ago I just got photo frames for all all the grandparents like my grandparents and my husband's grandparents who have who have passed or actually I got all of them um and it's it's handy just to have to have photos of your ancestors kind of in an easy format to put it put out so that you can be mindful of them um I've just plugged that idea I found it helpful so I've pulled out the frames and yeah, put them around the altar and actually printed off two more photos. One of my great 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 grandfather, who has his eyes are amazing, um, two different color eyes. So he reminds me of he's a, he was Irish. He reminds me of the seer uh, and being able to see the world differently, um, coming down my ancestral line, and another. Um, great 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 grandmother who is working with me doing some doll making needle felting that I'm just embarking on so yeah the the altar is feeling powerful and I will be with that um, you know having that in my home every day for the next week or two Um, I will light the candles for that no doubt we will get inundated with knocks on the door for candy Um, you know in that hallowed classic North American Halloween I'm still working out probably probably won't participate in that I just kind of get a bit boggled by how much 
sugar the kids go home with and all the plastic rubbish. And so I probably will just bail out on that and put the post-it note on the door saying, sorry, no candy left. That's that's what you do if you don't want to participate. Um, but the thing that we will do is gather with friends um, outside around the fire, uh, have a little ceremony, have some feast food. Um, and last year we played like kind of fun, scary games in the dark with the kids, like running around, you know, hiding in the dark and um, trying to find each other So and stargazing. So depending on the weather, which can be quite unpredictable here at this time of year in Canada, can get cold, but we're having a quite a warm spell at the moment. So, yeah, the, they're the few, the few bits that, that Samhain will mean for me, as well as some journaling, just taking stock. Uh, and like I said, it, Samhain really feels like the opening of this sabbatical space, and I feel like I'll step out of that again at Imolk, so into Sabbath's time. Mm. Some kind of reemergence um, is what's shaping up. It wasn't really a plan, but I could just feel it in me. So, yeah, mm. it feels like a portal that I'm stepping through. Mm. But how about for you and your family? I'd love to hear. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing yours as well. That sounds really special. I love that you're working with your ancestors in that way too. That's very, very cool. Um, well, for us, it's Beltane. So we are in the opposite mm-hmm. pole of the wheel. We are just coming um, into peak of spring and um, the weather really feels like it. It's finally warmed up, um, but we are having some pretty big mm-hmm. storms blowing in as well. So it feels like a there's, there's, there's a shift. There's definitely atmospheric shifts happening. Mm. Um, and so for me, I um, also have an altar. I have um, an altar that I tend to through the, the year and I'm not always very, um, you know, I don't necessarily go to my altar every day, but it's there. It's my guide. It's my kind of um sacred place that reminds me to connect inwards and with the seasons and with my own cycle as well and the moon and so for me it's um um you know I've just been away as well so I feel like I've just come back and I feel like I am ready to to tend to that altar and really shift it into the reflection of of Beltane which for me will be I bought yeah. some seashells and, and water items um, from the mm. beach, which I do want to add add in there, um, and flowers and and kind of you know fruits and treasures from from the garden and nature just to really celebrate that mm-hmm. um, lusciousness that we're in right now when everything is just so green and and beautiful and um, and I um, have I just got myself actually a um Beltane um witch's toolbox it was a it's a product from um I can't remember what the business name is but I saw it and I thought oh that feels quite nice and so I'm going to be going through that and the focus is sex magic and um that Mm. kind of pleasure and sensuality and so I feel like I'm really yeah. focusing on that at this point and I'm yet to yeah. really kind of discern any specific rituals but it's that's been my intention for this time and I also I will journey with with that toolbox particularly but in my body I've been um 
and with the, with more recent cycles, I think I've really felt it when we moved um, from in bulk to into spring is um, the sense of aliveness and passion and um, exploring my sexuality from a place of no shame. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's what's going to be coming up for me. And my children really want to go trick-or-treating. Um, where I live, we don't have <laughs> small children, uh, sorry, many families in the area in this, I live in a small village in the middle of the countryside. And so it's not something that's, that happens here, but in the towns, no, they do. And it's mm. not the seasonally appropriate time, but of course they don't want to miss out. And so it's it's kind mm. of hard because their view of of this time is, it's Halloween, it's chocolate, it's dressing up, it's playing the games, it's joining in and not missing out, um, yeah. which, yeah, I'm kind of doing that thing that I feel like you're doing, like one foot in, you know, a spiritual kind of inner world and one that's appropriate for the seasons and a spiritual connection with, you know, this corporate Halloween idea that's that's yeah. all around us and it's hard to... Mm-hmm hard to retreat from and separate from when you do have children who want to be part of it so Mm -hmm. um I we're going to let them join in with some friends just for a brief period but I really want to um invite them into into um reflecting on you know on Beltane and honoring where this you know this no just noticing this earth turning and where we're at seasonally Mm. so yeah, yeah, I have to think about that I, a little bit too. I do love that dressing up is involved, like whether for Beltane, I, like I imagine Beltane and the Maypole and all that is quite a dress-up, fun kind of energy and dressing up at Samhain too. Like I can get why the kids want to dress up and, and us adults as well. Like it's so important to dip into these other other ways of being. So I guess I... I Maybe I'm just honoring that as a, a really natural call. Like maybe the kids are onto something. Like, yeah, it's about time we had some dress up fun or had some, you know, did some of this kind of socializing. And it just happens that the corporate stuff is we're going to fly pumpkins in from America. We could just leave that part off, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, just create our own community fun. Mm. Mm. Love that. The beautiful thing and you know with spring that playfulness wanting to really um Mm. embody that so yeah I think that's what I will be need to really think about and 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 create a little something around that that feels lovely to do with them bring them into Mm -hmm. it yeah Yeah. and it's great actually I got in our community I just heard that we're having a community this is not something I'm organizing but it's something that I can attend if I've been invited to they have um, a Beltane celebration for the children who, you know, are being initiated through their rite of passage, their puberty rite of passage or oh, wow. first, first plead. Um, okay, that's and the, wonderful. The elder women are um, organising this and, you know, it's it's going to be just past, you know, the traditional time of Beltane here, but, yeah. in, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so. And there's one for the girls and one for the boys. And I just think that's so beautiful. So really cool. Yeah. Love oh, that wow. doing that. That's powerful stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. Mm. So I want to take my daughter along to that to just witness and just see. And when it's her turn, she can hopefully be 
um, be initiated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the power of communal recognition of our children just can't be underestimated. And most of us didn't receive it, so we don't really have an embodied sense of it. Mm. But I really think it is a huge part of the the way forwards, a huge part of empowering. Yeah, I know so much of your work is about empowering girls and I think or young children children in general. Huge part of it is, yeah. yeah. How do we yeah. catch them at these moments in playful ways and, mm. and colourful, inviting ways? How do we celebrate celebrate their becoming? Yeah, I really feel that too. I think it's so profound to give them that experience of, you know, this is something to be treasured and something to be noticed and not just a, oh, yeah, you know, it happened and you just carry on. Think, mm-hmm. you know children I'm always marveling at my children how much they look at me mom look at me mom look at me you know they want to be they want to be witnessed in <laughs> they do. absolutely everything <laughs> like I can do this now or I'm trying this now look how high I jump um mm-hmm. and so these big moments yeah that's if we're not witnessing in those big moments to be unseen you know it's it's something for us as an adult but for children I just think it's they feel these things so much more, don't they? They seem to really mm. need to be seen and witnessed. And yeah, so you yeah, you're bringing me back to some of that girl self mm. that we talked about earlier. I think that's that's a way we can lose something important for ourselves when we feel unseen in mm. who we are, what we're needing. It's mm. one facet of soul loss, you can say. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Grace. I've just loved this conversation and I'm sure everyone's going to get so much out of it and want to come and find you and connect with you. So your website, um, it's priestessyourlife.com. Is that right? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Is that where people should come find you? Yes. Come find me. And it's, I apologize in advance for not offering some things like readings. I, I am taking this sabbatical, but I yeah we'll come back uh much refreshed and excited to hear people's stories and yes like I said the journal will be there available for whoever wants to try it out and yeah there's if that gift resonates with you then there's a many ways you could reciprocate back to me but also um gift gift it on gift some you know that sense of abundance on somehow mm. um I don't think it has to be a linear well, I'm trying to bust out of this linear transactional way. So, yeah, a gift is there for you uh, if you would like it. Thank you. That's incredible. I would definitely come over and have a look. I think it um, sounds amazing. So it's going to be out on the full moon. So mm-hmm. Full yeah. moon in Taurus. I think that's the 8th of November. Gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charlotte. It's been rich. A rich kind of cosmic and embodied weaving here oh, wonderful thank you so much for listening in if you're loving this podcast and you'd love to help me spread the wisdom shared please leave a review or rating or share this with somebody who you think would love to listen in I'm really passionate about creating ripples of change and getting this information to more women girls and people with a cycle so that they can reclaim their cyclic natures too 
And if you'd love to dive in deeper with learning more about how to connect with your cycle and mites of passages, come and join our free Wildflow Circle community or choose a course and learn with me on my online learning hub. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well and go with the flow of your cyclic nature.